Romans chapter 8, verse 28. You hold your finger there. Tonight, the title of the sermon is, Does Your Purpose Line Up? Does your purpose line up? We've been talking, and we've been in a phenomenal series called, Does It Line Up? And the best part about this series is it came from a genuine place in our pastor where he was struggling to come up with something. He was like, I got something on my heart, but it's not working, and I can't figure it out. And on a Saturday afternoon, he shows up with notes on one piece of paper, and from his heart, the Lord spoke to our church about, does your life line up with Scripture? It's a powerful, yet simple, yet revolutionary concept that your life and my life need to line up with this book or our lives are not doing what they should be doing. We're missing it if our life doesn't line up with this book. Does it line up? The first week he, had, he talked about just does it line up? And then he asked if does your love life line up? And all you single people are like, I'm trying, man. That's not what he was talking about, though. He was talking about, does the way you love people line up? Does the way you love people, do you love people unconditionally, that agape love that we get from God? Or do we love people with contingencies and with strings attached? And then Brother Johnson got up here and talked about, does your faith line up? He brought a word, <laughs> trying to tell you something about dropping people through a roof and having them healed. Does your faith line up? Tonight we're going to ask the question, does your purpose line up? And I want to make an important distinction off the top. I'm going to talk about purpose. Pastor Keenan is going to talk about purpose. But please know this. The moment that we as human beings start talking about purpose, we immediately start thinking about passions. My passions become paramount to my purpose because my passions make me feel good and my purpose requires a sacrifice. My passions are what I get really excited about this month, but my purpose is what I've been put on this earth to achieve by the, by, the, by the purpose and by the design of God. My passions make me excited. My purpose requires a sacrifice. I'm not asking if your passions line up with Scripture. I want to know if your purpose lines up with Scripture. This month, you might be passionate about one thing, and guess what? Next month is going to be a whole other thing, and it doesn't matter if your passions line up. What matters is does your purpose line up? You know, people don't follow passion. They follow purpose. I'm going to say that again. Don't be afraid to shout me down some amen. Hey, i got to stop real quick. we got, we got, DC, we got DCF in the house, Davis Christian Fellowship in the house. Yeah. We got a whole group of young people over here from UC Davis in the house. Mr. Will Clear back there. Pastor Will, you're an amazing man. I want to tell you something. Pastor Keenan, we were there the other night speaking at ECF, and I was absolutely blown away at the amount of teenagers that came out during midterms week to hear the gospel. I honor you, sir. I honor you, sir. Honor you. Back to the word. Back to your regular schedule programming. Does your purpose line up? Romans chapter 8, verse 20, as she's getting the word. I'm just going to start talking. We're not going to end up anywhere we're supposed to be. Romans 8, 28, and it says this. This is one of our favorite Bible verses in the church. We quote this one constantly. And we know that in all things, how many things? When we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who what? And those who have been called according to whose purpose? Uh-oh. For we know that he works. This is one of our favorite Bible verses to quote in all the scripture. In all the Bible, we love this one. Because there's a promise there. We know that God turns all things for the good. And that's where we stop. 
That's where the entirety of our memorization of this verse ends. We know that God turns all things for the good. I'm running low on gas right now, but God will turn it for the good. No, there's a gas station. Get yourself some gas. God turns all things for the good. I need to get a good grade on this test. No, you needed to study for the last three weeks and quit praying like you needed to, you know what I'm saying? God turns all things for the good. But there's a hinge. For those who love him, it being called according to his purpose. I'm going to get a little bit, I'm going to get deeper into that verse here in just a minute. Before you can answer the question of does your purpose line up with the Bible, you have to know what your purpose is. And I'm not talking about what you want your purpose to be. I'm not talking about what your parents have told you your purpose should be. I'm not talking about what your teachers and your mentors and your coaches have said they think it should be. I'm talking about the purpose that was placed on your life from the moment you were conceived, when God was putting you together in your mother's womb, the very purpose for which he set you on this planet to achieve. Does that purpose line up? Does the purpose that your life is fulfilling right now on this planet, is that lining up with Scripture? Or is it lining up with somebody else's desires for your life? How do you learn what God's purpose is? you got to know what, what the purpose is in order to answer if it's going to line up. See, when I was in high school, I played football. I loved playing football. Football was everything to me. I slept with my football. I put my football on the seat next to me with the seatbelt on it, and I took it to school with me. I took it on dates with me. That's why I probably only had two in all of high school. But I, had, I took my football. was everything. My purpose, if you asked me, what's your purpose? And it was to go D1, to play football, and go to the NFL. But if you take me back to when I was 14 years old at a winter camp at Sierra Pines uh, Camp up in Tahoe, California, at one of my retreats, the Holy Spirit of God hit me in an altar call, gave me a vision that I've never forgotten to this day and said, you are called to reach the nations, and I'm going to use you to speak to teenagers, and I've called you to be a pastor. At 14, I knew my purpose, and it didn't matter how passionate I was about football, my purpose never changed. God's design for my life has never changed from the moment I was born until this day now. God's purpose has always been what it has been. What I've had to do is make sure that I lined up my expectations and my desires and my passions with God's word. Because if I expected God to fall in line with my life's desires, I wouldn't be here today. Does your purpose line up? I'm really passionate about this stuff. I'm telling you right now because I tried to run from the call of God in my life for many years. And I had men of God in my life that would call me back, Ryan, what do you want to do? I want to go play D1. Yeah, but remind me again, what did God call you to do? It doesn't matter what Ryan wanted. What matters was what God had put in front of me. Psalm chapter 139, verses 13 through 16 says this. For you created my inmost being. Not talking about your guts. He's not talking about your rib cage or your lungs. He's talking about your soul. My inmost being, the very inner part, your soul. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woman together in the depths of the earth. Do you understand how far God went to put you together the way he put you together? Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. 
Before one of your days ever passed, God had written down what he wanted to do with your life. It's written in stone. It's not an accident. There's no thing you can do to change what it is God wants to do. Your choice is whether or not you want to follow the purpose or do your own purpose. But Romans 8.28 says, He turns all things for the good for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. God will bless what it is he's called you to. He will not bless what you've called yourself to. Before you were even born, the purpose of God was set for your life. Jeremiah chapter 1. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5 through 10. I wrote down in my notes, read it out of your Bible. I love reading this straight up out of the Bible. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. Before I formed you in the womb... I knew you. This is God talking now. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I had set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, Jeremiah said, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a child. He's trying to disqualify himself from the purpose of God in the middle of a conversation. First of all, if you're in the middle of a conversation with God and you start disqualifying yourself, you, you, you got some guts. You got some guts. Hey, man, I put you together before you were born. I knew you. God, I'm not ready. I can't do this. I'm not ready for this. God, you don't understand. I got to get my degree. I got to go to a theological seminary. I got to get a job. I got to get a house. I got to get a family. I got to get two kids and a dog and a picket fence. And then I'll be ready. God goes, nope. Sovereign Lord, I don't even know how to speak. I'm just a child. But the Lord said to me, don't say I'm only a child. You must go everywhere I send you. And say whatever I command you. And don't be afraid of them, for I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to rescue you, declared the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand, and he touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Do you understand the magnitude of the call of God on your life? It is carried with it authority and purpose and significance and meaning. You are not an accident. You don't have to come up with a plan on your own. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord, here I am. Send me. And he'll send you where he needs you to go. And he'll put the words in your mouth. And he'll give you the purpose to walk in. And he'll set you on a court for success. God is going to give you what you need the moment you say Yes. Does your purpose line up with the scriptures or not? Jeremiah was a young boy. We know so because he said, I'm just a child. God says, don't tell me your weakness. I'm not interested in your shortcoming. I'm not interested in why other people have disqualified. Listen to me. I'm not interested in why other people have already disqualified you. I want you to know that I have called you and I have set you apart. They didn't know you before you were born. I did. They didn't put the fingerprints on your hand. I did. They didn't give you the gifts and the talents and the abilities and the callings that you have. I did. They didn't put breath in your lungs. I did. I know why I put you together. So therefore, you need to come to me and say, God, what is it you have with my life? And the moment you ask God the Father, God, what do you want from me? How can I serve you? What do you want from my life? The moment you ask that question is the moment you're going to get an answer. And I promise you, the purpose for your life is going to line up with your gifts, and it's going to line up with your talents, and it's going to line up with your passions. You know how I know? Because God gave you the gifts he gave you. He gave you the talents he gave you, and he's put the passions in your heart that you have because they're designed to line up with the purpose he's created you for. 
the very reason you're on this planet is to fulfill what God has given you the ability to already do. I'm really good at talking, but I'm not good at singing. There's a reason I don't lead worship and I just talk. We don't want Ryan singing. We want Ryan talking <laughs> for a short time and then we can go home. Passions are good, but purpose is better. Purpose gives clarity in difficult situations and guarantees God's blessings when you are in line with Scripture. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good for those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Let's break this down. And then I'm going to be done. God equates love with obedience. If you're taking notes down. In other words, God says, I will work all things for your good if you obey me. Show me where it says that in the Bible. I'm glad you asked. John chapter 14, verse 21. Jesus said, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love them and show them and show myself to them. I'm going to read that again. Because a lot of you have never heard that verse. And I'm going to read it twice so you can't say you didn't know. You're going to say before God and go, the pastor said it twice. I knew. <laughs> I'd rather wrap it. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who obeys me and loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love them and show myself to them. God turns all things for the good. For those who obey him and are called according to his purpose. In other words, you are living your life in obedience to what God has called you to do. You are living your life in obedience to what God has ordained you to do. You are saying, God, I don't know how many gifts I have. I'm not sure the talents you've given me. I'm not entirely sure what my purpose is. I'm going to school right now so I can get a degree, so I can do something great with my life because I want to impact this world. And God will take those gifts and abilities and education and effort and he'll direct it into what it is he needs you to do for his kingdom because that's how the purpose of God works. He will take you and it will fit perfectly the way he designed you because that's what he needs you to do. Again, we're talking about purpose, not passions. Does your purpose line up? So as I'm hearing this and as, as I was preparing this, Say, God, what is the, what are the questions? Oftentimes when we think about purpose, it's this big question mark surrounded around what is my purpose? As a pastor and as a former youth pastor, I can tell you that this is probably the most question I get asked 50 times a year. Pastor, how do I find out what my purpose is? And we go on this whole stage, we go on this whole thing, and we, we take this path on how do I find out what my purpose is? 
I just want to live and do what my purpose is. I, I just want to figure it out. What is my purpose? And so as I was preparing the messages and praying, the, the thing that really the Lord uh, impressed upon me is this dichotomy between assignment and purpose. Yeah. Assignment yeah. and purpose. Mark chapter 1, verses 16 through 20. As Jesus was walking by the shore in the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, Peter, and Simon's brother Andrew casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me as my disciples, accepting me as your master and teacher, walking in the same path of life that I walk, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him, becoming his disciples, but believing and trusting him, following his example. Going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were also in the boat, mending and cleaning the nets. Immediately, Jesus called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired workers and went away to follow him, becoming his disciple, believing and trusting in him, and following his example. Go over to Mark chapter 2. Verse 14, as he was passing by, he saw Levi, Matthew, the son of Alphaeus, sitting in the tax collector's booth. And he said to him, follow me as my disciple, accepting me as your master and teacher and walking in the same path of life that I walk. And he got up and followed him, becoming his disciple, believing and trusting in him and following his example. Uh, the disciples all had assignments. They all had assignments. At some point in our life, the one thing that we'll all have a question about is, what am I here for? We go on this life mission to find purpose. For some of us here, we've traveled down this path of pursuing, of investing, of learning something that we really feel passionate about. And I find it interesting that we spend time with this question, well, what is my purpose? And, and pardon if this seems sharp, but uh, uh, I, I find that uh, interesting because Christ already laid out our very purpose clearly here in his word. Oh, y'all don't believe me. That's cool. Matthew chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 28. Y'all know where I'm going. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, he said, Jesus came up to them and said, all authority, all power, absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He said, there is no other authority to me, so it'd, be, it'd behoove you to listen to what I am about to say. 
Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance, and on every occasion, even to the end of the age. As believers, and those who aren't believers, we, we, don't worry, I got you before the service is over with, but as believers... The purpose of our life has already been designed. It was etched in stone almost 2,000 years ago, and it remains until this day. Nothing has changed. God has not changed his mind. He has not diverted. He hasn't said, oh, well, COVID happened, so I might just switch some things around. No, it remains the same. Now, the way that we walk this out might vary depending on who you are, but we cannot sidestep that this is the mission. This is the goal. This is the purpose. It was clearly put here in Scripture. And so when we're talking about what our purpose is, When we're talking about what our passion is, when we're talking about specifically, when we look at the path that our life is on right now, does our purpose line up? But pastor, you don't understand. I have a a desire to do this and I went to school to do this and I'm going to school to do this and I really feel like the Lord is calling me to do this and and I, I just think that this is what he called me to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can tell you what he called you to do. He says to make disciples. He says to tell people of the day and night difference that I made in your life. I've written it down. I put it right here for you so that you would know what it is that I've called you to do. Assignment versus purpose. And sometimes what happens is we get this, uh, uh, we get this confused. And as we're on our assignment, as we're on our assignment, we love the assignment. We, we, we're enveloped in the thought of the assignment and, and what it is that I will become and, and how it's going to be and it's, and it's going to be great. And, 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 you know, I've spent money and I've gone to school and, and this is the assignment, but we cannot omit our purpose for the sake of the assignment. Just because we may be good at our assignment, because we may be passionate about our assignment, because we may be do good things in our assignment, we may think our assignment is our purpose. And the thing about God is God is like, now I will use your assignment. I will use the things that you will learn in your assignment to grow you, to develop you, to, to, to make sure you have everything you need. But I have already clearly 
giving you purpose. Peter, Andrew, James were fishermen. Matthew was a tax collector. Luke was a doctor. Paul was a tent maker. The disciples all had assignments, but some point in their assignment, they recognized the off-ramp from their assignment that pushed them into their purpose. I, uh, our, our team knows this. I've told this story before. I used to work at a hotel called the W Hotel. Um, in Atlanta, uh, I worked in a prominent neighborhood called Buckhead, and I was also a Christian hip-hop artist at this time. I had just started, and I needed a job because I was grown and I had bills to pay. So I received favor and, and got this job at the W, and what happened is I started to, to be all right at my job. I was a loss prevention supervisor, and I went from a loss prevention supervisor to working at the front desk. From the front desk, I, I, I assisted in our um, in-room dining. I worked out in, in housekeeping, and uh, before I knew it, before a year was up, I was interviewing to be the assistant of the general manager. We were a uh, top five hotel. We had something called uh, GS, GSRs, our guest scores. We always had high guest scores. And I liked being there. I got to meet stars. Any star that you can name, I probably have come across them in a suit and, and told them, no, you can't go up to the club upstairs. I liked my job. I liked the power that came with my job. And in a little bit of time, I got promoted and I, and I started being really good at my job. But I would get calls to do shows. I would get calls to travel. And it cut down to a point to where I had to make a decision. Am I going to stay here at this job that pays the bills, that I get to meet people, I get to uh, uh, have a, a great 401k, I get all of these benefits, or am I going to move in what I feel God has called me to do? And what I realized is somewhere along the line, I got caught up in the love of the assignment. And I was saying, but what about my bills? What about, uh, uh, you know, I just got this promotion. What if, what if it fails? You know, what about the time that I've put in here? God, I just, what is that going to look like? And the Lord said, the reason that you got influence and the reason that you got position is to further my purpose, not your agenda. So you have to make a decision. And one day I wrote my, my uh, shaking, shaking all the way down. I wrote my two weeks notice and I handed it in. And from that day forward, I never looked back. I never looked back because God provided for me, God took care of me and brought me to where I am right now because I made a decision. I made a decision to follow his purpose and not be consumed with my assignment. We have to be believers that are focused on our purpose. We have to be focused on our purpose. We are called to make and be disciples. We are called to tell people about the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. 
We are called to share the love of God with those that we come in contact with. That is our purpose. Whether you're doing that at, I was about to say AT&T, but I don't know if they're still around anymore. Whether you're doing that at, at Verizon, whether you're doing that at McDonald's, whether you're doing that at Dutch, whether you're doing that at school, it doesn't matter. Our purpose is to let people know that a Savior died on the cross for them. Our purpose is to let people know that the Son of God came down to pay the penalty of sin that separated us from God because God wanted to be in relationship with us. Our purpose is to let people know that someone cares to let them know that someone loves them with an undeniable love. Our purpose is to let them know that they're not alone, that God does see them, that he's not mad at them. He is not even upset as far as they are concerned. Our purpose is to let them know that they don't have to be in the chains that they found themselves bound in. This is our purpose. Our nine to five is not our purpose. Our plaques that we get when we graduate and we walk across the stage, that is not our purpose. No matter how good it feels and and the sense of achievement, it is still not your purpose. And I just want you to leave here. I just want you to leave here not, no longer confused about this. God, what is my purpose? What have you called me here for? He says, I woke you up this morning. I put the breath in your lungs. So that you can tell people about my goodness. That's it. That's it. I think what happens is we get so smart that we start making things difficult. We get really intelligent. And we're like, oh yeah, you know. He's like, no, 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 no. I, I put it clearly. I said, I, I've, I've, all power has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Help people learn of me. Help them believe in me. Help them obey my words. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. I bet y'all thought only the pastor was supposed to do that. Come on. Come on. Go there. Have your way, Jesus. Come on. Yeah, no. That's wrong. Each and every one of us have the power, have the ability, and the opportunity to make disciples. This was the very last thing Jesus said. What would it look like when we get to heaven and we stand before God at the throne and he asks us, what did you do with the assignment that I gave you? And you say, God, I had a really great 401k, but God, I I had to go to school and then I got this thing and I got this diploma and I got this great job, but God, you know, I I had this family and I I wanted to get this two-car garage and this house and this fence and and then I was going to start DC. He says, what are you? What did you do with the breath that I gave you every single day? I pray that we won't get to heaven. And he says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. 
I woke you up every morning. I clothed you in your right mind. I made sure your, your limbs was worth. Some of y'all I made cute even like, I, 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 I. But what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with it? The enemy's job is to divert us and to discourage us from our purpose by distracting us with the cares of this world. Please understand that it is a trap. The enemy's job is to divert us and to distract us from our purpose by distracting us with the cares of this world. But, but what are people going to think? But how am I going to pay my bills? But, but where am I gonna, what am I going to eat? How am I going to? First John chapter 2. Verse 15. Do not set the affections of your heart on this world. Or loving the things of this world. The love of the father and the love of the world are incompatible. For all that this world can offer us is the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world. Here we go. And the obsession with status and importance. None of these things come from the Father, but from the world. This world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God live forever. Those who love to do the will of God will live forever. See, we think about this world. We think about the things that we have. He says, but don't set your affections, don't set the affections of your heart on this world or loving the things because the love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. That means they both can't exist at the same time. When you look at your life, When you look at what you spend your time with, when you look at what you spend your finances on, when you look at the thing that you care about most, the love of the Father or the love of the world? He says they're incompatible. And so what do we do? As we move towards fulfilling God's will for our life, as we move towards the plan that God has for us and the things that he has for us to do as we're making disciples, as we're baptizing, as we're telling us, what do we do? We die daily. We die daily. 
because the flesh will always look to gratify itself. We have these cell phones and I can contend to this. We lose our cell phones. We lose our minds. Where's my phone? I can't find. If you can't find your phone, the whole day's dead. Whole day's dead. You might as well forget it. I can't find it. Nobody, and, and it used to be just the young people. It's everybody. I can't find my phone. Okay, stop everything. Pause everything. I got to get my phone. That's just one example. When we look at where we spend our time, when we look at where we spend our, when we look at the values of our life, the love of the Father or the love of the world. So daily we decide to walk in His purpose or be distracted by the cares of this world. The devil wants you to be distracted. He wants you to remain distracted. So he will continue to put things in your face, in your path, in your mind, so that you will remain distracted. So that we'll all have this thing. Oh, one day I'll get to it tomorrow. I'll get to it when my bank account is stable. I'll get to it when I get the degree. I'll get to it when I graduate. I'll get to it once I get the promotion. I'll get to it. And he says, those who know to do right and don't, he says, that's sin. He says, that's sin. pray that you leave here knowing what your purpose is. And I'm sorry I might not have helped you out on what that looks like. But I want you to know what it is. Because if you know what it is, then everything else has to fit in what it is. You're no longer doing the reverse where you're trying to fit it in. You're saying, no, this is the foundation. My purpose is this. And so everything I do now has to fit inside of this. Does this allow me to make disciples? Does does this allow me to tell people about the love of God? Does this give me time to baptize people? Does this give me time to share the love of God? And now I get to weigh everything else with does it line up with his purpose for my life. I pray you leave here with that. I pray more than anything that you leave here with that. This night, for me, for Pastor Ryan, for our team, I don't know when the next time I might get the chance to see you guys at DCF again. I pray that it will happen, but I I don't know. But I'll 
pray that you leave here with understanding. I pray that you leave here with this, this thing that makes it a little bit clearer for you. Because life is murky. The world is murky. Decisions, you're at this pivotal point in your life where you're trying to just make the right decision so that you, and I pray that you leave here with this. All authority, all power, all absolute rule in heaven on earth that's been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. You know why that's wonderful? Because I'm looking out right now and I see all nations. So everybody is included. He says, go make disciples of all nations. Help them to learn in me, believe in me, obey my words. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. And here is the last thing. He says, I am with you always. I am remaining with you perpetually. I am remaining with you regardless of the circumstance. I am remaining with you on every occasion, even to the end of the age. And so when the devil tells you that you are alone, when he tells you that nobody's there, when you feel like you're by yourself, when you feel like you're walking in this purpose and nobody understands, he says, I am with you always. Does your purpose line up?